Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everybody, and welcome in to Commanding the Huddle. I am your host, Ryan Fowler from the Draft Network. Second consecutive week of a victory Friday last week, and now a victory Monday for just the second time this year. But now Washington is right back in the thick of things at 3-4, and four following a 23-21 win over Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers yesterday at home at FedEx Field. We will get into the positives. Lots of positives from yesterday. Obviously, you take down Aaron Rodgers at home. I don't care who's on the outside for them or their lack on lack their lapses on offense. I don't care. A win's a win in this league. We'll talk about the defense, some concerns that I have, some positives that I have of a defense that's been playing damn well these last few weeks. And the tip of the cap is deserved for Jack Del Rio's unit. But 23-21, Taylor Heineke at the helm for this Washington offense wasn't a world beater by any means. And the biggest thing in that first half, it was ugly. First three passes, Green Bay defenders got their hands on, could have very easily all been interceptions. We saw Devondre Campbell have a pick six. We saw a strip sack fumble return for a touchdown by Russell Douglas. We called back. There were moments in that game where Taylor Heineke looked completely abysmal under center. Not good. But overall... He bounced back. What he's shown in 15 starts last year, the wild card game in 2020 against Tampa Bay, he keeps Washington in football games. And I don't know what it is about Taylor Heineke under center, but he provides a juice to the offense and to the players on defense. In that locker room where players just want to compete their tails off for him when he's under center, he's a flat out gamer. No. Is he the most talented quarterback in the world? No. Is he the most talented quarterback in Washington's roster? Absolutely not. From a quarterback perspective and the tools and the boxes that you look at the quarterback position that you want to check off, Taylor Heineke might be third on the depth chart in Washington behind Sam Howell and Carson Wentz. We saw the lapses in arm strength again yesterday, laid over the middle, Sling out to his arm on that 3 o'clock arm angle when he didn't need to. At times when he did need to. Some of those crossers he hit Curtis Samuel, Armani Rogers, Terry McLaurin. That was excellent throws. A lot of the times downfield it was short. It was underthrown. A 37-yard hookup to Terry McLaurin down the sideline was an absolutely gorgeous throw. Couldn't have placed it better if he walked it up to him 37 yards away. But those are things yesterday that we knew that Taylor Heineke had to work on. But he improved. After the pick six, he was outstanding. Threw for over 150 yards, two touchdowns, following the pick six. Ended up with the day 20 for 33, 201 yards, two touchdowns, and that lone interception to Devondre Campbell. Was everything perfect? No. It was his first game under center since last year. There are going to be bumps and bruises from Taylor Heineke, even as we move into next week. And the following week, next week, you got the Indianapolis Colts. They lost on Sunday. So they're going to be looking to bounce back. They have a talented roster. Jonathan Taylor played against it this week for them. They're getting him back and healthy. That's a big plus. But for Washington and yesterday, 
Now, two consecutive wins, you're starting to get some juices flowing in that locker room to say, hey, we can win football games. And no, the Packers aren't the Packers of the old. Devontae Adams isn't on the outside. Aaron Jones wasn't Aaron Jones yesterday. A.J. Dillon wasn't A.J. Dillon. Aaron Jones made a great play in that, in that second half down the sideline on a touchdown hookup from Aaron Rodgers. But Washington held Green Bay under 50 yards on the ground. That's outstanding football. And rarely do you ever want to approach a game from a defensive game plan and say, we're going to want Aaron Rodgers to beat us with his arm. You usually don't want to do that. But yesterday, that was the case. Completed 23 passes, 35 attempts, 194 yards, two touchdowns. Didn't turn the ball over. Their lone turnover was at Amari Rodgers, muffed punt. So they took care of the football. But Washington up front, John Allen, Deron Payne, Montez Sweat, F.A. Obata has been absolutely excellent these last few weeks. Guys are stepping up, especially on defense. They've been really good since week two. And we've had our concerns in the back end and lapses here from Kendall Fuller. And I'll talk about Rashad Wild Goose here in a little bit, especially in that fourth quarter when he's working ISO'd against Robert Tanya in the tight end for Green Bay, where it was about three or four consecutive plays where he just could not make a tackle in space. That's an issue, especially working in the slot where you have so much room to your left and to your right, no matter if you're lined on the left side of the formation or the right side of the formation, you got to make tackles in open space, whether you're facing a running back in the slot or an X receiver. He faced some of Alan Lazard, some of Amari Rodgers, and then he faced Tanya in that second half, a bigger body. He's not going to run away from him by any means, but you got to tackle in open space. That's something... If Wild Goose is going to continue to play in the slot, because we're obviously not going to see William Jackson again, it was St. Just, it was Kendall Fuller on the outside opposite of him yesterday. They were fine. Green Bay's leading receiver was Alan Lazard, seven targets, six catches, 55 yards. Aaron Jones, 10 targets, nine catches, 53 yards, and two touchdowns. That's their superstar on offense, so they fed him. But Washington limited them on the ground where it didn't allow their receivers on the outside in Romeo Dubs and Rodgers and Sammy Watkins, who was targeted four times, two catches, 36 yards, to create that separation within the 10 to 20-yard portions of the defense that Aaron Rodgers loved to dissect off of play action. Washington clogged up the run game yesterday, which allowed that second level with Jamin Davis and Cole Holcomb, Cam Curl came down in the box, made a lot of plays, Derek Forrest, same thing. Guys were flying around. And I loved even what I saw on that third and two little kind of flat screen when they showed trips out to the left side of the formation, a three-by-one. And Washington read it perfectly. Kendall Fuller made an excellent play. Out to the outside, they brought Derek Forrest in the box as a linebacker. Kendall Fuller buzzed down. Now, he had a wide-open guy down the field on that fourth down play, but that was a designated route concept where they're targeting Romeo Dubs in the flat area of the offense. And Washington read it perfectly. It's a hell of a play on fourth and one late in that fourth quarter. So really a tip of the cap to Washington's defense. No, the sack totals were not there. Washington did not record a sack yesterday, but guys were in his face. John Allen, Payne. I talked about F.A. Obata, who's been excellent both at three tech. He slid in and played some one tech. I've seen some at five tech. He's a bigger body that's versatile. He's been doing a lot of things along the interior. He's making plays in the backfield. But the biggest thing is he's being able to push the pocket no matter his alignment. Whether he's in 
a three-point stance, whether he's in a four-point stance or standing up on the outside if he has to. We've seen some instances where he's been on the same side as James Smith-Williams, and one of the guys will drop into coverage. Now, I don't like seeing a defensive end in Obata or Smith-Williams in coverage. They did that a little bit with Chase Young last year and the year prior because of that athleticism that he has just to throw at exotic looks at defenses. But overall, you're asking those big boys to get after the passer, and Aaron Rodgers by no means had a clean pocket all day yesterday. Again, Washington forced Green Bay to throw it down the field, and looking at Lazard and Dubs and Rodgers and Watkins, they said, hey, look, we don't have the best corners room in the world, but we're going to force you to separate on the outside. I didn't see a lot of that soft coverage that we've been talking about all year. Get at the line of scrimmage, maybe give them two, two and a half yards of separation, and force them to get off the line of scrimmage and create those throwing windows for Aaron Rodgers. A lot of plays down at the feet of receivers yesterday, over their head, out of their catch radius. Why? Because Aaron Rodgers had to make perfect throws 80-85% of the time yesterday because Washington was playing excellent coverage. They had help from Curl and McCain over the top. I talked about Derek Forrest. He got a little bit of run. We saw even Percy Butler flash a little bit on special teams yesterday. I'm glad he was back. From an injury perspective, Sam Cosby was healthy, but Cornelius Lucas was on the right side. I thought he did a good job. They only allowed one sack yesterday to Kingsley Enigbare, a rookie out of South Carolina who's been flashing from them a little bit. We had no Jahan Dotson. We had no De'Ami Brown yesterday afternoon. That's a positive for Washington's offense. You look at the guys that Taylor Heineke targeted. Terry McLaurin, eight targets, five catches. Curtis Samuel, same thing, eight targets, five catches. Amari Rogers, third in the team in, the, in receiving, three catches, 28 yards. Tony Gibson had three catches. Brian Robinson, Cam Sims, Dax Milne all had a reception. Cole Turner was targeted twice. Obviously, we saw him leave with that concussion. And then J.D. McKissick had two targets and then had one carry in the ground game. So J.D. McKissick still relatively remains out of the game plan. I, I do want to see him more involved because he has that dynamic ability. But we saw Robinson and Gibson yesterday as that two-horse workload for Washington's offense, to where, especially in that first half where they became very one-dimensional, where Green Bay forced Heineke to make perfect throws, and he just was not able to do it. And like I said earlier, especially in that first quarter, it was ugly from number four under center. But Robinson and Gibson continued to holster the workload and pound Green Bay's front seven. And they got big boys up front. Kenny Clark was excellent. Quay Walker Walker made a few plays, excuse me. They were all over the place. Preston Smith did a nice job keeping Antonio Gibson inside, sealing that edge consistently. Number 91 has kind of created a little bit of a nice career for him in Green Bay after multiple years in Washington where he really just did not fit after using a second-round pick on him a handful of years ago. But Washington's offense, Robinson, Gibson, that front five, good for the front five. Finally getting back to at least mediocrity or a little bit above average. They looked good yesterday. Now, Heineke's mobility helps under center. We saw multiple times him avoid guys coming through those A and B gaps, delivering it downfield or running downfield, making those plays. We talked about his escapability, creating off script, creating outside of structure, his ability to extend plays, stuff that you just can't teach. Taylor Heineke has that, and he checks that box. He bolds that box from a mobility standpoint under center. No, he's not going to be able to stretch it 50 yards down the field with accuracy. No, he's going to, not going to be able to pump a ball 30 yards outside the numbers to the boundary. That, that's just not Taylor Heineke's game. But he's crafty. 
He's a flat-out gamer. He's tough as nails. And he keeps Washington in football games. And when he's in there, they, Scott Turner, a tip of the cap to him, continues to pound the football. Washington ran it 38 times yesterday. 38! Robinson, 20 carries. Gibson, 10. Samuel, Curtis Samuel, 5 carries. Taylor Heineke, 2. And Jaden McKissick at the 1. Brian Robinson ran for 73. Tony Gibson at 59. Curtis Samuel at 26. Spreading the ball around. Curtis Samuel, 5 carries? It's a lot of like the workload that we're seeing in the past with Corderell Patterson in Atlanta since he's taken over them for their full-time running back position as a former wide receiver and kick return specialist. Curtis Samuel does everything for this offense. Alongside, obviously, his five catches, 50, 53 yards. We saw a little bit of Wildcat yesterday with Armani Rogers handing it off to Curtis Samuel with Taylor Heineke split out wide. New wrinkles to the offense that we just haven't seen this year that I love to see because you got new skill sets in there. So what that's telling me from a Scott Turner perspective is he's taken the skill sets that he has. Carson Wentz is not in there. Logan Thomas was not on the field which I would like to see him get healthy as soon as possible. Jahan was not in the field. Deami Brown was not in the field. But you're using the skill sets that you have available. You know the attention from the defense is still going to be on number 17 all day long. doesn't matter because they still couldn't stop it. J.R. Alexander, one-on-one, could not hold Terry McLaurin's lunch. We saw that. I don't think anybody in the league can hold Terry McLaurin one-on-one isoed on the outside. That's for another day. Terry McLaurin is Terry McLaurin. But for Scott Turner to bring the best out of his, uh, his skill sets, both in the backfield, flexed along the line of scrimmage from the tight end position, and out wide at wide receiver, tip of the cap. Being creative. The NFL is all about adjustments, both in-game and during the week during practice, what you're working on in the meeting rooms. And obviously Washington had a plan this week. Show some different looks at Wildcat. Get Cam Sims involved on the outside. A bigger body. That's what I like to see, being creative. Obviously, you know your front five hasn't been great. Well, be creative in the outside in the run game. Throw some different looks at the defense to keep them off balance and wildcat. That's good stuff from Scott Turner. So there were a lot of positives from yesterday away from obviously winning the football game because Green Bay is now 3-4, and four, as is Washington. We'll get into it down the road as far as kind of wild card expectations or divisional expectations because everybody in the NFC East won yesterday. Giants beat the Jaguars. Dallas beat Detroit. Eagles are on a bye. So Washington didn't gain anything in the division yesterday. And it's hard because you look at the wild card spot and there's two wild card spots in the NFC. And right now, obviously, someone's going to win the NFC East. Right now, you'd say the, the favorites are the Eagles. Dallas and New York have a track right now to be those two wild card spots in the NFC. Very high potential. There's going to be three NFC East playoff teams this year. Whether that's Philly, New York, and Washington or... Philly, New York, and Dallas. Who knows? Heck, maybe New York doesn't make it. Or maybe Dallas doesn't make it. Anything can happen. We're, we're only seven games in. Now, we're almost at, we're approaching that halfway point. Crazy to think that. And pretenders are going to separate themselves from, you know, contenders are going to separate themselves from pretenders. We're going to get into all that. But for Washington to start getting hot now, in the meat of their season, where they got the Colts coming up next week, this is huge momentum. Momentum is a scary thing. For all you guys out there that watch other sports, momentum is a scary thing. It doesn't matter if you're playing football, you're playing hockey, you're playing baseball. 
It doesn't matter. Once you get momentum and a trust in the locker room of the guys around you, that you can win football games at the highest level of your sport. Anything can happen. It doesn't matter who you have under center. Any given Sunday, right, is the old adage, and it's true. And Taylor Heineke, no, he's not, again, not the world, a world beater at quarterback. He's not a Patrick Mahomes or a Josh Allen or any of these dynamic quarterbacks. He's not Aaron Rodgers by any stretch of the imagination. But he understands what Scott Turner wants to do on offense. He compliments the other guys in Gibson and Robinson and Terry McLaurin. They obviously have a rapport that is continuing to grow year in and year out. Something that's transferred over from last year. That's excellent. Because Carson Wentz is new to the offense. His rapport with the guys on the outside were still developing. But this is, right now for Washington, a point in the season where they're playing well, good football, at the right time. Chicago was ugly. It was an ugly 12-7 win. However, you come in at home against your second straight NFC North foe, Aaron Rodgers, coming off a loss, and you beat him at home after losing to them last year where Taylor Heineke faced off with Aaron Rodgers. And you get a win, a much-needed win. And it takes the pressure off of everybody. Ron Rivera, the turmoil upstairs in the owner's box. Everybody wants to focus on wins and focus on in-between the hashes and focus on football. And right now, even if it's just for these two weeks, Washington's been playing good football. Now, it's just about being consistent and improving. Because by no means have the Indianapolis Colts been a good football team as we move into next week. I will get into their preview this Thursday. Offense, defense, special teams, and what you need to know about Matt Ryan and the Indianapolis Colts. Their lapses and their ways to that they could potentially take advantage and, and, and beat Washington in certain positional categories. We'll get into all that. But right now, in late October, a week away from Halloween, three and four, you've put yourself in a position to be competitive. No, you don't have six wins. No, you aren't, you're not undefeated. You're not five and two. You're not even four and three. You got a ways to go to get yourself obviously back to 500 football and above 500 football with the games that you have coming up on the schedule. What we saw yesterday and the adversity that this team has dealt with to come back in battle again with Heineke under center, this team plays different with him at quarterback. I don't know what it is. It's a certain amount of juice that every single unit plays with. Offense, defense, special teams. Now, I will say about special teams, had a couple nice plays, but later on in that fourth quarter when Tressway had to punt, and he left it at the 18-yard line. That cannot happen. He's got to put that ball inside the 10. Heck, even inside the 5. Especially where we punted from. To where you believe he could hang it up there for 4, 4.5 seconds. Get those gunners down on the outside. And put that thing within the 10-yard line. You have to. In that scenario. Because we saw yesterday. Those laterals at the end of the game lasted a little bit too long for my liking. And I'm sure you guys as well. Right on the end of your seat. Because again, never easy in D.C. Right? We, we don't have a win wrapped up by the middle portions of the third quarter. We can say, ah, oh, you know, we're pulling out this, this game. We can kind of relax and breathe easy. Uh-uh. Oh, no. That's not how the burgundy goal rolls, baby. If you're new to the show, I always talk about, hey, it's never in doubt. When we win, never in doubt. But yesterday, that completion, that 35-yard com- completion to Sammy Watkins where it's way too easy over the middle of the field, they should have just thrown in the end zone to Hail Mary, in my opinion, on the last play. 
And Washington's in that pre-vet defense where they just want to waste time and force everything over the middle of the field, not allow guys out of bounds. But that lateral yesterday, those multiple laterals, 10, 15 laterals, how many, however many they had, a little too many. They got down the field, it's a little too far for my liking. But again, never in doubt. Never in doubt. Washington, 23-21 over the Green Bay Packers. Momentum, multiple wins. Thursday night football against Chicago. You win yesterday. Now, you head in, you prepare on the road against an AFC South foe in the Indianapolis Colts where they are looking to bounce back after they lost to the Tennessee Titans yesterday. So that is going to do it for today's episode. Recap of Washington's win over Green Bay yesterday, 23-21 at FedEx Field. It's always good to get a home win, even though there was a little bit too much green in that lower bowl again yesterday for my liking. We had to get more burgundy and gold in there, but that comes with wins. You keep winning, more fans will continue to show up and more passion around the city for the burgundy and gold as we know how diehard the Washington DMV area is for Commanders football and Burgundy and Gold football. So I'm extremely happy with what I saw yesterday. There were some negatives, but there were more positives than negatives yesterday. And that is something to build upon as they move in to Week 8 to face the Colts. So as always, thank you guys for tuning in. I'm on Twitter if you don't follow me already. Underscore Ryan Fowler. All my written work is housed at thedraftnetwork.com. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. Always appreciate you guys tuning in. Enjoy your start of your work week. I will talk to you guys on Thursday afternoon. We'll have a preview out for you of Washington's matchup in Indianapolis to face off against the 3-3-1 Indianapolis Colts. So as always, thank you guys for tuning in. I am Ryan Fowler from the Draft Network, and this is Commanding the Huddle. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.